The minute that you get labeled a conspiracy theorist, pretty much everything that you have to say ceases to be taken seriously. The red pill is just about kind of shaking up your perception of the way that things really And on the understanding that what you've been told your entire life is a consciously constructed lie. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Hawkeye Media presents... Conspiracy with PJ and Abby. And that's the thing about conspiracy theories is like it's sometimes they're not going to be true. And it's okay. There's literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. It is what it is. Hello and welcome back to the Revelation Stream. PJ is not even awake. I am not awake. I got two hours of sleep today, which is, you know, it's one less than I got before the last time we did a stream. <laughs> uh, yeah, will, he's like will, taking off an hour every time. So next yeah. time it'll be one. Yeah, you guys keep pushing us to do more streams. I'm just going to, you know, back to back them for like <laughs> eternity. Uh, no, um, I am patiently waiting for my wife to get home with Red Bulls. So um, for now, you will get this and then you'll get me. Josh like, come on, BJ, get with the program. I don't even know what program is on at this point. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? Who am I? Um. Uh, well, on that note, how about you? You pray to start the stream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, that is. Uh, it's needed. It's needed. Yeah. Uh, dear, <laughs> dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you so much for Abby and and what a wonderful friend she's been. And thank you for all the wonderful people who will show up and make this possible. And we just pray that. Uh, you're with us. We dive in your word tonight as we read through the next few chapters of Revelation that um, you reveal your word to us, Lord, and that you speak through your word to us and and that we get closer to you, Lord, and bring people closer to you in everything that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. So for reminder for people, if you're if you're checking this out for the first time, you haven't been following the whole series. First of all, it's part five, so you've missed a few things. Um, second of all, gingers don't need much sleep, really. That's probably true. That makes sense. Except I'm not a ginger. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm canceling you all. It's I'm canceling you. Do we have to pull up the gingers have souls video again? Just to not, prove that look, you have look, to say you don't know who, You don't know a soul who doesn't. You're not God. <laughs> You're not God. Um, <laughs> 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 That's my favorite. Uh, what I was going to say before so rudely interrupted by being called the ginger is uh, we are just reading through the book of Revelation. This is not a sermon. We're not telling you this is what everything definitely means. We just we just want to read through and uh, and start to really wrestle with this text, I guess. So um, we're getting close. I think it'll be this stream and one more 
and we'll finish through Revelation. And I'm sure we've got some stuff planned to, to talk to more people and get some more um, input and ideas and, and concepts around this. So last time we left off, we were talking about uh, what part were we talking about? The seven angels with the seven plagues. Mm-hmm. And we ended at the seven bowls of God's wrath. So I thought that was a really cool. I should have just named the stream the seven bowls of God's wrath. That's way cool. Um, I thought that was a really cool place to start. So yeah. you want me to throw it up on screen real quick yeah. and then we can get going. There we go. All right. Okay. The seven bowls of God's wrath. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. Oh, that's why it's called that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we figured it out, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> figured out why well, chapter 16 was called the seven bowls of it. God's wrath. Yeah. You heard it here first. Um, so the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing dried. Died. <laughs> died. <laughs> Not dried. That was in the sea. I mean, if they were in the sea and they dried, that would also mean they died. I think. I think so. Like too. a starfish. Yeah, but they <clears throat> they didn't dry because it was blood. But like the blood of a corpse. Like what is that? As opposed to the blood of a living person. Like congealed and brown yeah. and nasty. Interesting. Yeah. I, the distinction is fascinating. Mm-hmm. The third angel poured his blood into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. So the sea becomes like the blood of a corpse, but the rivers and the lakes become blood. Right. And I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, just as you, just. Just are you, O holy one. The angel in charge of the waters. Or Greek angel of the waters. Interesting. Just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar saying, the altar is speaking now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I heard the altar saying, yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel pulled out, poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out. So his- can I just point out, like, I think that I'm already really thinking of the story of Pharaoh, right? This is very similar. To and I want to check it after we're done against the plagues, because I can never remember the order of them. Um, yeah. Obviously, I remember the last one, but... Um, just that, just that line there again, like they curse the name of God who had the power of the plagues. They did not repent. So it's like, here's your comeuppance. And they're like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. The hardening of the heart, I guess is the interesting part. Yeah. Cause I, I guess I, I guess I feel like it's very easy for people to think that they can change people. You know what I mean? All mm-hmm. the time. And I think there's certain times where even we have to recognize there are people who are going to harden their hearts forever. Yeah. And that there's there's really not a lot you can do. With, um, I don't know. Just thought. Yeah. Where was that? You're on the fifth angel. 
fifth angel poured fifth, out his bowl. Fifth angel sounds like Chris Angel. If Mike Tyson were to say it, though, fifth angel poured out <laughs> his bowl on the throne of the beast and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God, the almighty behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place that is that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. So I have a couple comments. First of all, all. Oh, you good? I was just getting my Red Bull. Got your Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. He's got his Red Bull, everybody. I got my Red Bull, guys. Yeah, good. We can restart the stream now. <laughs> uh, yeah. <sighs> Okay, quick quiz question, PJ. Okay. Why are they called the seven bowls of God's wrath? Um, see, in this chapter, God has seven bowls, and they're full of, of wrath, and they're poured out. Mm. Mm. Um, it's Why? actually right here in verse, <laughs> verse two. It says, so the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth and harmful. and Yeah, so. Oh, sorry. In verse one, go and pour these bowls. Yeah. Anyway, seven bowls of God's wrath right there. <laughs> okay. So just some reference. <laughs> Glad we uh I'm retarded. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, so a lot I've okay, I don't know if you guys have seen kind of those there what is what is the word? Fear fear porny. Um uh <laughs> What, what are the words? What are my what words? What are the words? Those shorts, TikToks or, or Instagrams or wherever you get your short videos of like, ah, the Euphrates is drying up. This means that like, oh no, the, the big demons are going to come out from under the, the, the Euphrates. Ah! And it's like, no, it. this is like one specific bowl that's going to be poured on the river to dry it up. We're good. I do it's think fine. it is interesting though that they are drying up because I feel like mm-hmm. even though it is a ball towards the end of the, these judgments, the fact that it's that close, like if it was like, let's say it was continuing to dry at a steady rate mm-hmm. that does point towards that. We're close at least. Sure. Sure. But yeah, as far as like, it's just going to happen at any moment that the, this, this bowl, certain bowl of God's wrath. I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. Cause it sounds like it's going to happen pretty quick. Right. But things are definitely being uncovered. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh, and then the place called Armageddon. Do you have any notes in your Bible about Armageddon? Yes. Which uh, which 16. verse was that? 16? 16, 16. <clears throat> it says Armageddon probably stands for Har-mageddon, which is two words. Hold on. Mm-hmm. It continues on the next page. <clears throat> the mountain of Megiddo or Megiddo. Megiddo. Mm-hmm. Many see no specific ge- geographical reference in this uh, designation, 
and take it to be the symbol of the final overthrow of the evil by God. Others understand it to be more literally. And then there's a picture uh, in my Bible it says aerial view of Megiddo. According to Revelation 16, 16, the I'm final battle between chat. Christ and the Antichrist will occur in the place that Hebrew is called that in Hebrew is called Armageddon, which many believe to be Megiddo. So do you have a, you have a picture of that? Let's check it out. One moment. There we go. Let's kind of blow this up a little bit. <sighs> Makes it smaller. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> It's it's really cool looking. It looks like something in like ancient apocalypse with Graham Hancock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's like bowls in it. Oh. Fascinating. Interesting. It says, okay, so it says inhabited from the Calcolithic period, Megiddo has approximately 26 levels of occupation. American excavators from the Oriental Institute worked from 1925 with the ambitious goal of excavating every level in its entirety. They made it through the first three levels before concentrating the work on certain areas. So it's not fully excavated. This 100% looks like a place that a giant Armageddon battle would happen. Um, 100%. You're reading the the Monster Hunter books right now. Yeah. And number six, Siege is what it's called. Okay. There's a place that this, just looking at this, reminds me of in those books. And it's this giant battle, like this end times style huh. battle with this giant demon god. So nice. now I'm looking at this going like, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The Bible's pretty cool, you guys, if you yeah, like sure. actually read it instead of listening to dumbed down versions of it in Sunday school (laughs) (laughs) or two verses at a time while your pastor talks at you about something. You know, my biggest pet peeve about Sunday school was when I went to college. Yeah, it was that I had heard the story of uh, Jonah and the whale. Uh Yeah. Million times the shortest book in the Bible. I believe it's four four chapters and I never heard a Sunday school teacher teach the fourth chapter. Yeah. And it just, it always annoyed me. Like it, it really opened my eyes up to like, wow, we really need to read the Bible in context, in depth, mm-hmm. because this story, the fourth chapter of Jonah in particular changes everything I was taught about it. Really? I mean, the, the, the over, the overall message of it is very different when you're seeing how Jonah reacts to the, to the fact that God brought him to Nineveh and made him do these things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, you get a very childish version of do what God says or he'll make you. And then it's like, but why didn't Jonah want to do it? And you get that chapter in four and you're like, okay, this says something about us as, as people and how we are. And I just thought that was fascinating. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back to Exodus real quick. Cause we wanted to compare the, things the bulls and the plagues yeah for sure <clears throat> okay so the first pull it mm, hang on the mother of many over rumble says they had to have the mark and worship yeah that is in here and i want to talk about what it says at some point when you're done with what you're saying about the fact that it brings up the three, like all these examples of of the mark of the worship of the <clears throat> image, and then it says, "Where was it?" Where it said, "Hold on." 
the frogs come out of the mouth thing. I want to go over that again in a minute, but what, what was it in Exodus you want to bring up? Was it the... So the first plague is water turned to blood. So that's similar. Okay. So the first plague is water turned to blood. This one, it is... Just want to make sure that it wasn't the second one. Yeah, they don't quite line up. Hold on. The uh, harmful and painful sores is the first one in this. Yeah. The yeah. second plague in Exodus is frogs. And then the frogs is mentioned that. here, but it, it wasn't one of the plagues, was it? Right. The frogs okay. are coming the out of the mouth. Yeah. Of, yeah. The, the demonic spirits. The third plague is gnats and the fourth, fourth plague is flies. So neither of those. Um, the fifth plague is the, the livestock die. Mm-hmm. So the I sixth, knew they weren't exact because there's 10 yeah. instead of seven, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. The sixth plague is boils. So that's that the sores. Um, and then the seventh plague is hail, so that's not. And then the eighth is locusts, so that's not. And then the ninth is darkness, which is similar to the sun thing, except not. Mm-hmm. And then the firstborn day. So a lot of like rhyming, but not actually. <clears throat> Didn't you also say that you think <coughs> <coughs> Exodus, it picks these 10 plagues on purpose because it's mocking the 10 gods who supposedly control either yes. the livestock or the sun. So yeah. I think that that could still be true here where we see the pantheons change throughout time mm. and the pantheons. I think they change because these demon, the well, demons, fallen angels, whatever these false gods um, are vying for power. Mm-hmm. So their own pantheons are, I mean, this is true. Even if you stay within one pantheon, like let's say Greek, right? Mm-hmm. You can see them vying for power or or, mm-hmm. or Egyptian between like Set and Ra. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I, I find that interesting because I wonder if it gives us a look at the seven main deities that are being worshipped in this time. Interesting. I but, but we've had. I know we've had other things too. Um, I think probably what I need to do like is make the a seven chart plagues of- in the previous chapter. Yeah, I need to make a chart of each of the judgments and just kind of compare them across. But let's just let's move. Let's keep moving. We gotta keep cool, moving, cool, you guys. Cool, cool, cool. Um, the seventh bowl. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake, such as there had never been since man was on the earth. So great was that earthquake. The great city was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath and every island fled away and no mountains were to be found and great hailstones about 100 pounds each fell from heaven on people and they cursed God for the plague of the hail because the plague was so severe so we do have a hail plague Mm -hmm. Um, so like the earth is like kind of starting to come apart at this point like the right. sun's burning them up, and I mean it's everything that the climate people. It's are climate change. <laughs> climate change, everybody. Yeah, right. But That's I think you're one right. Way to yeah. Put revelation. Revelation. Climate it's climate change. Answer. <laughs> but I mean, the climate change people are religious in their belief too. So <clears throat> it's like it's like when you read um, the Quran and it talks about the end times. I don't. I don't think that it's even wrong. I think they're just looking at it from another perspective and and with mm-hmm. giving it other names and causes, right? So, like, mm-hmm. 
if you're familiar with it, they're basically saying, yes, Armageddon is coming, but it's a good thing. We want it to, mm. um, we should cause it, right? Like that's that's mm. the end game for, for Islam, um, which is fascinating. <laughs> but yeah, this seems like we're worried about these things, but we think that we can control them. We're, they're placing themselves as God. So instead of turning and worshiping God, as it says these people won't, they're saying, no, we as humans are God. We can stop the plagues. Mm-hmm. We can stop the bowls of wrath. If only we, <clears throat> you know, castrate ourselves enough and whatever yeah. other ter- terrible things. Can I, I want to go back to this real quick, these two things. So it says the image of the beast. And I find this so fascinating because I never paid attention to that one word that much growing up the image. Mm-hmm. Like you always think of the beast instead of the image of the beast. Mm-hmm. And normally in the Bible, when you read about the image of this or the image of that, people are, are, building and uh, wooden statues or, or carvings and worshiping dead wood, as it would say. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and I find this funny because I think like in our modern age, we would actually scoff at the idea that people used to, to worship carved images. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this is why I this is why I tend to to think that people might be right when they're saying the AI could be the image of the beast, because I feel like I could see it. we already are seeing it. People actually worshiping another dead thing that they created. Mm-hmm. Um, but some but it's just like with abortion. It's like well, it's ch- it's not child sacrifice. It's medical. It's scientific. So we're better than our ancestors. We're doing the same things. We've just churched. We just prettied it up and made it mm-hmm. seem advanced, right? So instead of instead of throwing your kids into a, a, a fire in a valley, we're going to a doctor's office to do it. Instead mm-hmm. of worshiping a carved wooden image, we're using computers to do it, and therefore it's better. And I just find it funny that we, uh, as human beings, can fool ourselves so easily to thinking that we're more advanced than the people who came before us. We're so much smarter and so much brighter. We're doing all the same things, but since we're doing it in a really clean technology type way, we're we're really smart people. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the one horn? Um, where was it? Where was the frogs? That's the other part I want to go back to. Frogs. So was, six angel poured out his bowl yep. on the great river Euphrates and its water dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Uh, and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits. And I think that's interesting because the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet can get so easily just summed up into what what most people say, like the Antichrist. It's this one thing. It's not three things or multiple things. It's the one thing. But it seems so clear that it's not. Um, for they are demonic spirits. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that was just interesting to me is you've got all four things being talked about here. The image of the beast, the beast, the dragon, and the false prophet. I want yeah. I wonder if there's anything here about kings of the east too. That's 13. <clears throat> no, nothing in here. Uh no notes on it. Just kings of the east. Wonder what that means. Anyway, I'm just trying to. So, okay. 
Oh, wait, no, there is something here. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. You finish your thought first. Just about 1613, it says, uh, frogs classified the frog as an unclean animal. The imagery suggests the deceptive propaganda will in the last days lead people to accept and support the cause of evil, the dragon, the beast, the false prophet, the evil trinity. Hmm. Not much. Just interesting. And it gives a few like references to like Leviticus and Exodus and stuff. Go ahead. So, okay. So first you have the seven seals. So the con, the idea is that these things have been held back. Right. They've wanted to come, but they've been purposely held back. And then the, the last seal is the seven trumpets. Right. So they, like they overlap and the seven trumpets are just like heralding. And that's still all stuff that was held back by the seal. And each trumpet Mm -hmm. is heralding the thing that's happening it isn't until the bulls where God's saying, I did this. I am I am directly doing this thing. And I know that Revelation isn't exactly strictly in <clears throat> chronological order. So isn't there that part where it says, wasn't it before that they said that it was, didn't it say before the seven bowls that they were all in heaven being like, all right, I don't want to do this. It's really, you know, solemn that mm-hmm. this it's come to this, but we're, we're going to pour the seven bowls out now. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Um, it was, let me see the, are you talking about the angel in the little scroll? Like it's the in that area, right? Situation. The trumpets and bowl judgments, uh, the Egyptian plague. There's a whole note here about this. Um, uh, let me see. Yeah. Sorry, we're like <laughs> probably not great to listen to right well, it's now. It's okay. You know what? We can read ahead and I'll try to find okay. the thing that I'm talking about. Okay. Um Okay. Your, your husband over on Rumble says uh, it gets really annoying that many pastors cherry pick verses to support some over all message rather than just reading through the Bible and giving the supporting background and context. Mm-hmm. I feel this. We've had this conversation yeah. on here before, I think, but yeah. it's it's frustrating that you, you could go to church for 30 years and never hear a full book of the Bible yeah. in context. I think that I think there's something wrong about that. I never understand the overarching story. Right. Yeah, I never understand so many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not and not all pastors do that. I like uh, there's a certain pastor I listen to right now that, that his whole thing is he'll take six months if he has to to go through a book to make sure it's gone through the whole book and then move on to another. And I, I, I personally love that type of teaching. I want to understand as much as I can about the whole book and and then and then the next one. Right. I guess the only problem I have with that is like if it takes you six months to go through a, a book. It's because you're adding so much of your own stuff to it. Like you should be. If we can do. <laughs> if we well, can there, do there's more reading chapters. And, there's reading and there's teaching, interpreting yeah. and, and things yeah. like that that go into it. So, but I see what you're saying. There could be a lot too much editorializing is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does seem like a problem if it takes you that long to get through one book. Unless well, I was thinking Isaiah. of Genesis. Genesis is oh. long. Yeah, fair, fair. Okay. Okay. Um, 
chapter uh, chapter 17 the um the great prostitute and the beast all then right then one of the then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me come i will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality, and on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast. Sorry. Eh and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her, the beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. That's confirming that concept of being outside of time, right? It was, it is not, <clears throat> and it's about to. Well, it's also a, it could be, but it, it, to me it also sounds like it is, like uh, the idea of, of the last chapter set up the unholy trinity. Mm-hmm. This sounds like an unholy way of speaking. It, it, the opposite of Jesus, right? Who was and is and is to come. Mm. Was and is not and is to come. Hmm. Fair is is interesting. That is interesting. Okay. So like existed, was buried down in Sheol, and is mm. coming back. That's how Ooh. I'm reading it. Okay. Or not Sheol, sorry, Tartarus. Tartarus. And is coming back. Yeah. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They, also, they are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is... The other has not yet come, and when he does come, he must remain only a little while. Is he talking? Is he <clears throat> talking to John in his time in Rome, or is he talking as in at this point, at the end of the seven bowls? There's another king still coming. Let's go back. Um, Because that's a good question. Read that. Read that line again. Then I saw seven. Let me read it. They also. Excuse me. They also saw seven kings, five of whom had fallen. One is and the other has not yet come. So like we talked about this on one episode where Rob Skiba interpreted this verse as he named the five uh, former antichrists. And then the one who is would have been Nero in John's time. And then one who's yet to come, um, which he, which he said was Hitler. And 
so he he was kind of going through, and I'm not. This is again, this is for me reading, remembering something that we talked about before. He said that Hitler was the the seventh head, and that in a previous verse it said that one of the heads will be struck down and, and come back, and that was why he came up with Nimrod as the first will be last, as 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 what it's talking about. But again, that's just something we covered in the past. I'm not saying that I 100 percent believe that, but it's an interesting interpretation of it. Um, what if Hitler comes back? What if Hitler it comes back as a zombie? <laughs> we didn't. Well, we, he didn't die, as far as we know. Let me, let's put it this way: he didn't kill himself in a bunker. Mm-hmm. That much is like hardly conspiracy. Like our own government didn't believe it, and then after twenty years of searching for him, they're like, "Let's just put that in the history books." A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that for the longest time, and there are plenty of people on Twitter who believe that. Right, like we now think that the world had believed Hitler killed himself in 1945. Yeah, except it wasn't until 1965 that we believed that the world <laughs> thought he killed Weird. himself in 1945. Weird, guys. Right. <clears throat> I'm. Uh, maybe we should get to the end before we do this, but I'm really wondering, like, how much of Revelation is chronological, and how much of it is is it you know how Genesis one happens and then Genesis two goes back and like fills in details from chapter one. Yes. I wonder how much of revelation is, is that's what I'm thinking too with, with this whole thing about the prostitute. It feels like it's stepping back. It doesn't feel like it's chronologically going. And then after the bowls is this prostitute and the beast, because it's already talked about the, the dragon with seven heads coming out of the ocean. It's talked about, right. Do we want to finish this before I go into my interpretation of the beginning that seems so incredibly obvious to me? Finish this chapter, I, I'm saying. Yeah, let's finish this chapter. Then I want to yeah, hear yeah. it. Yeah, okay. 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 I think you're on nine. This calls for a mind of wisdom. This calls for a mind with wisdom. Oh, by the way, there is one thing that the Bible says you can ask for and you can just have it. If you ask for it, which is wisdom. wisdom. So, yeah. so ask for it, people. Wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You should do that. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> um, it's probably stupider than praying for patience, but don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> He'll give it to you. I secretly God think- will. God will give you patience if you ask for it, and it's an earned gift. I think wisdom is worse. <clears throat> I think yeah. asking for wisdom is worse than asking. It's asking for a lot of pain is what it's asking for. Asking yeah. for patience is like, yeah, I'll make you wait. It's cool. It's like, well, that's not what I asked. I asked for patience. It's like, yeah, well, there's one way to get it. Um, how do you get wisdom? A lot of life experience and heartache. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I should just punch younger me for praying for patience. But <laughs> hey, okay. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is, the other has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, (coughs) it is an eighth. But it belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power. 
but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with a beast. These are of one mind and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them for he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those with him are called and chosen and faithful. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are the, are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. Geneva. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Babylon. I think I think it's Rome. I think it's Rome? Yeah, for a lot of reasons. Um, <clears throat> one of them being, it says very clearly, this is a city on seven mountains, seven hills. Uh, I think it's talking about the Vatican. And I know that offends people because I'm not even saying that that means... I've I've held this belief pretty strongly my whole life. It's not it's not that Catholics are bad or wrong in particular. It's that I think that this is talking about the Catholic Church, um, it, it, and specifically its role in the end times. When it talks about, uh, let me see, the great prostitute is seated on many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality and with wine and water whose sexual immorality, the dwellers have become drunk. Uh, he carries away with the spirit into wilderness, saw a woman setting out a scarlet beast with blasphemous names. It's where, where is it arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls holding in her hand, a golden cup full of abominations and impurities of her sexual morality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery. So <clears throat> there's a lot of clues here. First of all, clothed in scarlet and purple. That's the cardinals and the bishops. It, are the, those are their colors. The Vatican is in Rome, which is the city on seven hills. Um, the seven heads are seven mountains on which right, the woman is seated. Right, which is okay. how you would describe Rome. Uh, and it just talks about towards the end here, it says they will make her desolate and naked and devour flesh and burn up with fire for God has put in their hearts to carry out their purpose. I just, I see this as, as the authority in Rome, which is, it talks about having this, this, these pearls and jewels and golden cup and being adorned in these colors. And in this city, it sounds to me like this is talking about Rome, giving up its authority to the beast mm. in the end times. Um, <clears throat> my big, my biggest problem with the Catholic Church, and it's not, it's not the people, it's the Vatican. It is <clears throat> that you can have someone on this massive golden throne, hmm. um, adorned in these jewels that 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 gives its power to rulers during times of war, as we've seen uh, in World War II and in other times, where it's just like it, it seems corrupt at its head. And that's mm -hmm. that's where I'm. That's that's what my problem is. So. I don't know. Like I read this as I often think that the um, Tower of Babel is is a repeating, recurring story. 
Yes. And I think that that's what happened during the the Reformation. I think that this was a Tower of Babel moment where the church became too big and too powerful and too uh, was not actually seeking God and it split and shattered into a million different pieces. And I see this as being another one of those moments. That's so good. Yes. That, that like broken into pieces, scattered into different languages, different theologies, which is what happened to the church after the reformation. It seemed exactly like a repeat of, of the tower of Babel. So again, like it's hard for me to read this and not think this is, this is what's going to happen to the Vatican in the end times. I know that that's going to offend certain people, but Mm -hmm. I, I, someone tell me how to read it another way. Cause it even, it even says that they're drunk on the names of the saints that Mm -hmm. the, it will have problems with sexual immorality. It's clothed in these colors. It's on these mountains. I mean, it's just, if there's a better interpretation of it, I haven't found it. That's that's where I'm getting with this. I've been reading. I'm almost done. Um, Infiltration, the plot yes. to destroy the church from within yes. by Taylor Marshall, and she's making this argument that the Freemasons have in, infiltrated the church and basically, in all these different ways, turned it. Um, in the direction you're talking about. So it's interesting that she's, she as a Catholic who's yeah. very loyal to the Catholic church is saying basically the same thing that you are is that, but I think a lot of Catholics are recognizing this too. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, I'm, this is not me being anti-Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys want to know my opinion of the reformation, I've been very clear on this. I think the reformation was kind of a mistake in the fact that I think there should have been a reformation. Right. And we said we got a revolution. Right. Um, I would have been more than happy to see the church heal and and do do the right thing, um, and I don't think that happened. I think it fractured. Yeah. So this isn't me being anti-Catholic, but I do have a problem with the Vatican in itself, not with Catholics. Um, so this to me it feels like we're, we're already seeing a lot of Catholics saying things right now, like, "Yeah, the Pope is what, what's the word they use? He's infallible when he's infallible, but this guy, <laughs> and it's kind of tongue in cheek of like how." it seems like there's a hard time for real, real faithful Catholics right Right. now where they're looking at the the leadership and going, this is against the Bible. Yeah. This is against what we believe. I'm seeing a lot of Catholics and maybe it's just Twitter. And if Twitter came about at any time in history, it would have been like this maybe. Um, But I'm seeing a lot of Catholics on Twitter, very, very angry and very, very like just hammering their beliefs but not in a particularly logical way and it seems like it's the cognitive dissonance that's doing them in kind of on a daily basis of just not being able to direct their issues with the catholic church anywhere else but at protestants and i've seen that too yeah yeah so okay are we ready for 18 yeah but do do you think that that's do you get kind of the same feeling out of that i'm just curious oh yeah um there's, I mean, Revelation is so confusing, but that's a better. Right. I, 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 I want to understand the kings and the, the horns and the things, but. Right. And some of those things might not make sense until the end times either because horns are, are placed, you know, seats of power. So yeah. we don't know what will happen with Geneva, the Vatican, all of these things where, where, where kings and seats of power are gathered. Um, maybe there'll be 10 heads over 
you know, the World Economic Forum as the, you know, Agenda 2030 takes place. We don't know, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. 18. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. And the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast for all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And the kings of the earth have committed um, immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven. Hold on. Saying, can I, I got to pause mm-hmm, you really quick mm-hmm. in 17. It, it says that this whore is Babylon, right? Is it? Does it? The, okay. I just want to make sure that I'm getting that right because now I'm reading the fall of Babylon as a lament. And if you think historically, if you think Babylon, Iraq, Mesopotamian, mm-hmm. Sumerian legend, why would why would revelation be lamenting the fall of Israel's greatest enemy? Hmm. This to me is saying if you read this again in the context of the church of the mm-hmm. Catholic church fallen is the great Babylon or is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling pl- place for demons, hmm. a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for unclean birds, a haunt for every unclean detestable beast hmm. for all nations have drunk the wine of her passions of her sexual immorality. Hmm. Yeah, and you're the right. Kings it's, of yeah, the earth have committed about. immorality with her. That again, it reads like this is a a just just if you know like the the relationship between the Vatican and and kings of yeah. the earth. I don't wow. know. Yeah, it just it would be weird to me to read this. Like, let's say you place those verses in Jeremiah, it would be really weird, right? Be yeah. like, oh man, the fall of our enemy. Yeah, lament. But in, in the previous one, it says the name on her head is Babylon, doesn't it? Yeah, so it make does. sure I got that right. It does. And I do think that there's Babylon, there's, the great mother of prostitutes and the earth's abominations. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Which I mean, that's saying that this woman is. I mean, it's, it's almost a Lilith type concept, right? The mother of demons. Right. Yeah. Huh? It's a really harsh. If it is, if it is the Catholic church, it's a really harsh. Um. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues for her sins are heaped high as heaven. And God has remembered her iniquities, pay her back as she herself has paid back others and repay her double for her deeds, mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed as she glorified herself and lived in luxury. So give her a like measure of torment and mourning since in her heart, she says, I sit as a queen. I am no widow. And in mourning, I, I shall never see for this reason. Her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. It makes sense mm-hmm. that the thing in the end times, just just work this backwards. Even let's say you are a devout Catholic. It makes sense that the seat of the church as <clears throat> we enter the end times, if, if we're entering the end times, the idea is that the world has become so evil it is time to judge it, right? Right. Which means that the church has failed 
right? Right, which means it the is, church would have been infested and become evil as well. Right. So even as a devout Catholic, I think you'd have to admit that, of course, of course, the Catholic Church is going to be judged incredibly harshly. The, the church is going to be judged incredibly harshly. Why, why, why shouldn't it be? Right. Yeah, and that that's a word, like... <clears throat> It's. I guess it's different for Protestants to, to see this verse and be like, well, of course, if the church goes evil, we'll leave because we, we did it before. But I'm seeing it happen now. I grew up in a Methodist church, and my my church that I grew up in is now leaving Methodism. Um, mm-hmm. And good for them. Everybody uh, that yeah. I know is really happy about that because if you guys have been watching the news as we do and seeing all of the uh, demon drag uh, queen pastors, those are all mm-hmm. Methodist churches over the last year. It has become yeah. an abomination. Um, so for me to look at that and go like, could, could the church that I love that, that raised me get infested with evil? Like, of course, why wouldn't that be Satan's plan to go after these places? And I'm wondering how back in history, this fall of Babylon lament is because all this <clears throat> is happening in heaven outside of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's an extent to which sometimes maybe the order that of importance Right. For God is not necessarily the chronological order right. of what's happening on earth. What if this come out is the Reformation? Yeah. Well, I was that's where I thought you were going with it. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Cuz it's not it's not like any I hindsight is difficult, right? Cuz mm-hmm. you could argue, well, you left the church and then just spiraled into nonsense. Some did, and some didn't. Right. Anyway, <clears throat> okay, okay. Let's see. It also just I'm I'm sorry. This thing where it keeps saying the kings of earth committed sexual morality and lived in luxury with her. Yeah. I, I every time I read that I think of the Vatican. It's hard yeah. not to. Yeah, something that existed outside of governments that nevertheless empowered and was enriched. A, empowered and enriched kings governments. Yeah. 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 And and this idea. Of if you had to like, name any other place in that that exists today. Yeah, you can't. That would match all of this criteria. I can't think of one. Including the fact that it, it very specifically gives you geography, which makes it almost impossible to deny. Right. I think I think the only thing you could say is like the secret societies, right? But <clears throat> Right, but then geography could, again, right? Right, so, the geography is a problem. And you could also tie a lot of those secret societies right back to the Vatican anyway. Right, so, yeah, yeah. But I think... Probably the thing that bothers me the most about the Vatican, or at least strikes me the most about the Vatican, is is that it's it 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 seems to fulfill that entire fairy tale idea of a dragon sitting on its gold. Just the yeah. concept of there being so much treasure there, just hoarded in the basement. And knowledge. And knowledge, treasure, and 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 why? Like just to hide it, just to keep it. Right. You, <clears throat> not fair it not it's yeah mm-hmm. okay and the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning they will stand far off in fear of her torment and say alas alas you great city you mighty city babylon for in a single hour your judgment has come 
And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses, and chariots, and slaves, that is, human souls. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. This, again, all, this yeah, right there. The fruit of your soul that your soul longed for has gone from you. Mm. I, I, like, Wait. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say it, it, this seems, again, not like the Babylon we would think of in the Old Testament, the mm-hmm. enemy of God's people but something that was good at one point that was seeking had fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. that has gone away. I couldn't help but think of the tree of life. I know <laughs> <laughs> the fruit for which your soul longed has gone from. You. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of this sounds an awful lot. Like I think it's just rhyming because mm-hmm. I think it, there's so much rhyming throughout history and especially in the biblical, the way the biblical story weaves into history, but it, it sounds a lot like Atlantis too. this hub of trade yeah. that enriched everybody. And then it's just suddenly I mean gone. a circular city that <laughs> the Vatican's a circular city. <sighs> Bobby says I'm awesome. only, yeah, I'm only here for the frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. That's what we're all here for. Um, The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. The wealth thing again. And it's the third time that it said purple and scarlet. Hmm. Which and adorned with gold repetition. Yeah. Fine linen, purple, scarlet, gold, jewels, and pearls. It's three times all. it says that. Yeah, all that stuff is very. Right. Let's see. Can you can you pull up like a papal or something outfit, like one of the bejeweled ones? Uh, I'm going to keep reading while you look. Um. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all whose trade is on the sea, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city, where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth, for in a single hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of bridegroom and bride will be hurting you no more for your merchants were the great ones of the earth and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on earth. 
All nations were deceived by your sorcery. Like, like this type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> What's that one with the the, the, the guy sitting room? on the yeah? Or sorry, which one? Are you talking about a picture or something we talked about before? No, sitting on sitting on the chair. Um, one that just shows like the jewels on the. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to like something like this. Um, I think there's maybe one down. I don't know. Um, there seems to be various garments. Right. But it's all like very splendid. <clears throat> right. Yeah. With the fish hats. <laughs> With the fish hats. The Dagon fish hats. Um. <laughs> I guess the part that's not quite making sense to me for for Rome is the merchants and stuff. It I I don't know that much about how the Vatican works. That was also sure. what stuck out to me. I don't know. <clears throat> it does say right here in my in my Bible, seven hills. It is perhaps significant that Rome began as a network of seven hill settlements on the east bank of the Tiber River. Her designation as a city on seven hills is commonplace amongst Roman writers. So again, what would have been common for people in John's time would be to call Rome the city on seven hills. Mm -hmm. um, Why is it mountains? It depends on which translation you have, hills or mountains. Okay. Freda, am I, is my mic still glitching? How's this? I haven't heard your mic glitching. Okay. Well, then it's Freda's ears. Yeah, Freda. Here's your answer. Fix your ears. Fix your ears, Freda. Charge your charge your uh, hearing aids. <laughs> so rude. How rude? How rude? I have been touching my mic a lot, so I don't know if that's could be. Doing. You might be like, um, yeah. Anyway, the yeah, the plug in at the back. Okay. Um. I got That's why we got to eventually get you one of these because the plug is here so you can't mess with it. Like I can turn this all I want and not mess with the. Yeah. 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 Too bad. Some douchebag sold me. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Anyway. Sorry. This is a Bible stream. I'm not allowed to swear. <laughs> it's revelation. I am allowed to swear. <laughs> it's about da fiery damnation. I feel like. Damnation. You know. <laughs> damnation. Okay, 19. After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for his judgments are just and true, for he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, and, and to be fair, like the Catholic Church is well known for killing so many so right. many um, Christians <clears throat> right once more they cried out hallelujah the smoke from her goes up forever and ever 
And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory, the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Can I say this? Uh, if, if, God, if, if Christ was going to come down as, as groom and accept his bride, would not the last thing that he does be to <laughs> clean out the impurities in his, his bride? That's a fair point. Well, think about it. Like, what do you do before? Like, especially in this context of like a, yeah. of a Jewish understanding, like what would you do before a wedding? You would uh, a clean a, an anoint an oil and, yeah. and all right. Like make, prepare the bride for the wedding. Mm-hmm. It's, it just seems like these three chapters here are doing exactly that. They're talking about here is the bridegroom of Christ, the church. Mm-hmm. She's become wicked and impure. Mm-hmm. We need to purify her. And then God comes down and sits on his throne in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And Christ is ready for his, his bride. I don't know. It, hmm. Like, again, it just seems like, why wouldn't it be talking about right. the church? And I, I wonder how concurrent this set of stuff is with everything else. Because I don't really think that, that the Catholic church, this prostitute is being judged after no i don't either i think that this is like you said in genesis where it does this like this thing and then here's another um section of time yeah yeah yeah, yeah, view like throughout yeah i think that's exactly what's happening i think once you got to chapter 16 it didn't go and this happened next it's like this is also happening concurrent yeah I wonder how many different views of Revelation are all true. <laughs> right. And like which. Because <laughs> the timeline, it's not, it's not written in chronological order. That's the hard part about it. Yeah. And, but that also screws with people in Genesis. And I found it because Genesis is the past and it's not cloaked in apocryphal language. It's much easier for me to understand where we talked about this before, but some people actually believe that Genesis was written by different authors because it gives a seven day. I'm just, I know you know it, but I'm explaining it for people who don't. It gives a seven day creation story and then it goes to Adam and Eve. And people are like, well, if that happened, then how's this happening? And it's like, well, you like, how often do you read a story? It's like, here's the thing that happened over 100 years. Now let's right. zoom into something that happened within right. those 100 years and focus on the, the personal aspect. Like, you know, right. And when I read Genesis, it's not even confusing. I never understood how people were confused by it. I think yeah. people are looking for, uh, you know, looking for looking reasons. For reasons. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Let us rejoice, rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. 
Okay, and this angel's is so okay. I thought that this angel was Jesus, but then he bows down and says, I'm not. I'm not Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So it seems like this is this is the angel of prophecy. Okay. That's been talking to him this whole time. This whole time? Because in the beginning I, so. I thought it was Jesus oh, no. very specifically. Um, talking to John. Oh, no. After this, I saw another angel coming down. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay. Just specifically to talk about the fall of Babylon. That's so interesting. Okay. Okay. Then I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword from which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. And with a loud voice, he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead. Come gather for the great supper of God to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured and with it, the false prophet who in its presence was kept by who? So by the Lord and his army. Okay. 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 And the beast was captured and with it, the false prophet, prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. Obviously, this means something else because birds aren't real. Obviously. I mean, how suspicious. <laughs> how suspicious. Yeah. Um, okay, here's a question. We don't have a whole lot left to the end, but that's where we were going to stop. But we could just plow through. What do you think? I think we should. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we were going to do this in two more streams because... Up to this point, it seems like we've been really f- having to focus and cross-reference and things like that. But I feel like we're in this victory arc right now, and I yeah. want to see it through. Me too. Me too, me too. Okay, yeah. let's do it. 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. So it's he's gotten it back from Muriel. or. Mm. right (laughs) and he sees the dragon that ancient serpent who is the devil and satan and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended after that he may must be released for a little while Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. 
Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. And when the thousand years were ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they were, there they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged. Okay, so Reed and Poseidon gave up the dead who was who he had. And then and then, right, Hades. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There's there's twice now that we've seen <clears throat> that idea of people's names not being written or have never been written in the, in the book of life, which I find interesting. We talked about that before with the werewolves and Nephilim episode, but yeah. Um, specifically in 16. Sorry, I don't want to dwell on it. I just thought that right. Was the idea that, that, okay, so let's, let's go back. I to think it's talking about the spirits of the Nephilim, the demons. That's what I'm saying. Right. Cause the idea is that everyone who has ever lived, created in the image of God is written there. And they can and be blotted out. It says specifically, yeah. it says specifically multiple times throughout the Bible and, and Revelation a few times that you can be blotted from the name of the book of life. And then it talks about creatures who are never written in there. Yeah. And to me, those are the abominations created by the watchers, the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And, and in Enoch, it very specifically tells us the Nephilim spirits are what we know as demons. Mm-hmm. And this seemed to be the belief of the New Testament writers as well. So right. I think it is talking about in a couple places here in revelation, these demons are mm-hmm. not in the book of life. They were never written in there because they were created outside of God's will. Yeah. Um, Does so. it say other than this? Cause I feel like this verse is where people get the idea that people go to hell who didn't believe in God. Is that somewhere else? Cause if, if that verse is just about the Nephilim, then where does it say specifically that? <clears throat> Let me see. So then death and Hades were thrown in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, <clears throat> he was thrown in the lake of fire. See, I think people are just wrong because I think it says people's names are blotted out of the book. Oh, okay. So if it's not found, 
it could be it could be both it could be the ones that are blotted and it's the ones that were never there right they're all going okay and maybe and maybe this verse since it's talking about throwing demons and and watchers and things like that into into the lake of fire it's talking about that in this verse but it does say that people can be blotted out i don't want to confuse that 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 is specifically stated i just think that you don't change the verbiage to never written in there ever which is a very different idea than having been written in there and then blotted out yeah yeah i think that's i think that's actually an important distinction that's overlooked so this this thousand years is really bittersweet because on the one hand it's like it's all done, right? And, and Christ is reigning, and it's his victory. But then at the end of the thousand years, you you get another evil resurgence. You get a whole nother battle. I find this so fascinating because it talks about the beast and the prophet mm-hmm. being instantly thrown into the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. And then it says, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill with these saints who did not... Um, bow to, to the mark of the beast, did not take the mark mm-hmm. of the beast, did not bow to the, the false prophet. And we're going to reign for a thousand years and then let Satan out of his cage so we can throw him into the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like, I don't understand it because it's, I think it's way beyond us. Um, it's above our mm-hmm. pay grade, so to speak. But I find that interesting that Satan is not thrown in the lake of fire first. And I don't know if that's like a testament to the power of this enemy that Huh. Like there, there needed to be a thousand years of raising up saints and soldiers to for for this battle, and it was kind of like huh. put on hold. So I don't know. It's very interesting stuff, though. Yeah, it is fascinating because I mean the serpent has been around since right the very beginning, right? And it, and it gave its authority to the to the beast, mm-hmm. and like hid behind it for this in, for the entire battle. It it really is like it creates an avatar, and then. Yeah. As the avatar fight God. It's like the puppet master, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Huh. It's interesting stuff. And uh, can I ask you a question? Is this... Yeah. What's the belief of the people who think that, like, this has already happened? That this thousand years is what we're going through now? Like, it's it's hard for me to read this as that. And maybe I'm misunderstanding their beliefs. I... It's... What's it's called the amillennialism or whatever, right? Yeah, it's... It's the idea that it's not a literal thousand years and that so much is metaphor and so much like happened dur- like specifically during the time of Nero and like all of all of the stuff. I just it's I hard for it. I, it's um, it, uh, it's impossible for me to read this that way because so much of revelation seems cloaked in mystery and then the the victory stuff does not the victory stuff seems very clear. I, th- I think my major problem, my, my my absolute number one problem with amillennialism is like, you better sit there and point out to me, this is the point in history that fulfilled this. And this is the point that fulfilled it. Like, and it should at this point line up. If it was, here's a right. prophecy, prophecies fulfilled, right. should be pretty easy to point out. Yes, because the whole point of prophecy is that you when can you check see it, it happen, right. you know who did it. Right. And you know who planned it. And if there's any like wishy-washiness there like that's not that's not it like when a prophecy is fulfilled you know it there's so much in revelation too that just literally could not have been fulfilled prophecy during a time where israel didn't exist yeah (laughs) that's the big thing that gets to me is like you had you'd have to really 
it feels so nitpicky. It feels so like, let's take cherry picking. That's what I mean. Like yeah, it feels cherry. very cherry picking of like, well, this you could make mean this and this you can make mean this. But I'm like, yeah, that's very few things. And it's a stretch it's definitely at that. Not the whole. I mean, you'd have to completely leave out verses that are very clear prophecy. Right. About very clear things and people and places. Um, I think the core of the theology rejects the idea that if Jesus had conquered, he wouldn't have immediately started reigning. They're like, if well, if he died and rose again and he conquered, why why wouldn't he start reigning? And I think that it's like that that, that already not yet. Like yes and no. Right. He's he, the spirit is living in his church and his church had its chance. But I also <laughs> feel like that that is a thing that I feel like that's a thing that people want out of God very often is like why why not why not now? And we as humans are going like, well, this makes sense. This should happen. And we've talked about this, but there's so many times in my life where I was angry at God or, or frustrated. Like, why don't, why, why not this? Why not now? I'm ready. Use me. And it's like, no, I've got a plan for you, but it's, you know, it's not yet. And it's not the thing that you think in the way that you want it. And I feel like a lot of that is, I don't know if you call it hubris or whatever, but, um, I just, I'm sorry. I just can't believe in millennialism. I'll, I'll, I'll dig more into it and hear people's arguments, but yeah, sure. at this point in my life, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. If if you if if anybody can point me to a <clears throat> book or something that like goes through all the prophecies and says this and this and this and this, this is how they've all been fulfilled. I would right. love to see it. I would love to see it. And I'd like to have conversations with people who have yeah. different beliefs on Revelation than we do, and hear hear them out. And we'll be doing that for sure as well. But yeah, um, okay, twenty one now. One is this the final chapter? This is the second to last. Second to last. Oh, there's twenty two. No. Oh yeah, there is. You're right. Twenty two is really short. Though. Yeah. Do you want to read one? Sure. I'll do this one. The new heaven and the new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven and the first. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away." And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give the spring of the water of life without payment. And the one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless and the detestable as for murderers, the sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their position will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Any thoughts on that so far? I like that there's a first resurrection and a second resurrection and a first death and the second death. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I. So in amillennialism, this part hasn't happened yet then, right? Oh, you probably I don't know. I think that the, what they're saying is we're in this period of the thousand years. So there's there's different even views as far as like post millennial or pre pre mill or post mill because some of them think this has already happened too. 
which I just don't. That's so hard for me to believe. Like this is God's victory and we're living in it. I, I yeah. drag kids and, and abortion through the roof. I don't, I'm not buying that. I, I, I have a higher view of God than that <laughs> and his perfect kingdom than that. But yeah, it's just me. Um, and I think it's impossible. Like this also comes back to the idea that I think it's impossible to read revelation and not think that th- I mean, it talks about a second earth. It talks about like restoration. I think we get this idea that this, like the physical, right, is it's it's really a Gnostic view, I think, that has crept into the church. Like the physical is just going to go away and we're just going to be this like spiritual light beings in the clouds instead of it talking about a new earth and new bodies and resurrection of the dead. It seems like the physical and the spiritual are are meant to be married and perfected. Mm Mm-hmm. And not that we live in a prison planet in these prison bodies that are corrupt, that are forever corrupted. Um, talks about new uncorruptible. Anyway, I'm just rejecting that Gnostic belief that I feel like has really crept into the church to be like, well, nothing on this earth matters. And it's like, well, it does. Yeah. And you can't divorce the physical from the spiritual, which that is kind of what the whole transgender movement is trying to do. Right. Um. Anyway, yeah. I just think they're all false uh, beliefs coming from the same place. Mm. So we've got the new Jerusalem. Now, then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls of its last seven plagues and spoke to me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me to the spirit, carried me in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. It is a great high wall with 12 gates and the 12 gates are with 12 gates and the gates with 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed on the east three gates and on the north three gates and on the south three gates and the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the lamb. So the marriage of the old and the new in the, in the new city of Jerusalem, the 12 tribes and the the 12 apostles, just like how it talks about the 24 elders in heaven, which is a a mixture of those things. And this city is described in what Ezekiel. Yes. Ezekiel. So it's been built. It's it's been waiting for a long time. Right. Which is again, why I believe when it talks about the ark in heaven, it's talking about Mm -hmm. two different arcs, right? We've got like the perfect ark in heaven and then, the earthly representation of that. Plato um, was right. Plato was right about what? About the idea that in heaven, in his conception, I mean, he wasn't particularly religious, but in his, right. his idea was that there was a perfect thing in heaven, a platonic ideal of <clears throat> Oh, of every, right. Yeah, the platonic ideal. Yeah. Everything. So, yeah, platonic doesn't mean just friends. <laughs> it, it means. <laughs> There's a just friends in, in heaven. Yeah. There's a just friends version of everything it's in so, heaven. It's so weird for me. Like my my thoughts on Plato have changed a little bit because I see so much of what he was saying is is correct. And then there's this over this over belief in Plato, mm. which again yeah. is what Gnosticism is. It's taking Plato mm. as scripture. Um where yeah. it's like I think Plato was touching on a lot of true things. Yes. Um but you could also it's easy to elevate wait, him above wait, 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 his wait. position. So you're you're telling me that someone could say a really true right thing and not and then be wrong about other things. Yeah, is that a weird concept? What? 
That's crazy. It's almost like we could have a president that did really good things for four years and not be Jesus Christ. Whoa. I know, right? Crazy. Like just because he was arrested on <laughs> Easter weekend <laughs> does not mean he's the second coming of our Lord. It's insane, right? Oh. No, but it, it is frustrating because humans do this all the time. It's like <sighs> I, I it's hard for me because I don't I don't personally get it how you could look at somebody and be like, oh, this person who is a corrupted flesh <laughs> as we all are <laughs> maybe did something good and said things that were right and they also are not infallible. Like, I don't know why that's a hard concept. <laughs> And I think it just comes down to it's uncomfortable. Like when you find something that's good and true mm-hmm. to go like it's not perfect and the truth, yeah. which is what Jesus is. And, and we want to like it's a form of idolatry is what it is, but it's just I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, continue. And the one who spoke to me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The lot, uh, the city lies four square its length, the same as its width and the measured and he measured the city with his rod at 1200 stadia, uh, which is 1200 of those Google um, machines that, that do the <laughs> video. game. <laughs> Isn't that the name of the Google video game thing is stadia? I don't know. Uh, I'll look it up. <laughs> it's like how long is the stadium? Would you look that up for me? Uh, it's length and it's width and height are equal. It also measured 144 cubits. A cubit is 18 inches roughly. Um, right or no? What I'm, what am I thinking of? Yeah. Cubit is, is a, okay. A, a state, a stayed is 185 meters. And that's a, a long cu- rod. How long is a cubit? Cubit's Cubit is inches. 17 and a half inches. Yeah, well, it's I was right. <laughs> <laughs> a cubit is from your elbow to the, the tip of your middle finger. Yeah, roughly 18 inches. Um, I just want to make sure I wasn't mixing that up with another biblical uh, measuring system. Uh, it's length and width and height are equal. He also measured the its wall 144 cubits. That's a tall wall. It's 200 feet. Uh, by human measurement, uh, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first uh, was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelia, the seventh chrysolite, and the eighth barrel, and the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase. I don't even know what that is. The 11th was just I now now John's just making crap. <laughs> Chris, Chris, and Jacinth. I don't think those are real. Uh, the 12th is Amethyst and the 12th gate were 12 pearls. Each of the gates was made of a single pearl and the city. That's a big oyster uh, the city. The streets of the city were pure gold, like transparent glass. I love that. It, it talks about like gold so pure. You can see through it like glass. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, makes you wonder if at some point, like scientists will come out with this and be like, oh, apparently we can purify gold to the point where it's glass. Yeah. Like science again behind the Bible. Science. <laughs> uh, this makes me, the pearl thing makes me wonder because the way that you make a pearl is that you 
have like a, a grain of sand that's irritating an oyster and then it starts to coat it in these layers um, so that it's, it doesn't irritate it anymore and it just keeps coating it. And so the bigger the oyster and the longer it lives with the irritant, the bigger the pearl. So it makes me wonder if these pearls are mined from like somewhere on earth somehow. Cause like how in a perfect, I mean, I guess the only other way you could conceive of it is that it's not a pearl that's in the same way that we know a pearl. Cause it wouldn't be made like that. Cause I, a, I'm just saying oyster. it's like the ancient giant, <laughs> the ancient giant oysters. Animals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the giant oysters. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what I said earlier, but Base Babe says that's what she said. Bible edition. I love it. <laughs> and then, and then I get out. Uh, well, actually, from her, well, it's a actually. gemstone variety of some other made-up name <laughs> that contains small quantities of nickel. Yeah, you know what? I think he made it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. That'd be blasphemy. Um, it's a joke, people. <laughs> And I saw no temple in the city for its temple is the Lord, the God almighty and the lamb and the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and its lamps is the lamb by its light. The nations will walk. The kings of the earth will bring glory to it and its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there. They will bring into its glory and honor uh, of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the lamb's book of life. I think it's interesting that they're still Kings. That's what I was thinking too. And I like part of me wonders how much of this is like trying to relate something that's so beyond us hmm. and how much is like, I think we get a very watered down view of, of heaven of the afterlife of God's perfect will, because to me, it's like God created the earth and the mm -hmm. garden and people. Mm -hmm. And there was a perfect will for these things. And, and Adam and Eve subverted that perfect will. And that's why we're, where we're at today. But then the Christian idea, as far as like what we've taken from movies and books and kind of just bought into our mythos, which is not biblical is we're just going to be light beings in heaven mm -hmm. sitting there doing nothing forever, but, but it'll be peaceful and good. And I've always felt like that's boring. <laughs> like, it's, it's I that. don't look forward to the afterlife if that's what it is. And now I'm reading this going like, Oh no, there's, there's things, there's stuff to do. There's, there's still, and there's a continuity of, of living on the earth, whether it's the old earth or the new earth. Right. I think that this idea of sitting on <clears throat> clouds and playing harps is a very Greek Mount Olympus type conception yes. of heaven. And a lot of our, I keep bringing up Gnosticism, but it's just been on my mind. A lot of our ideas that have infiltrated the church do come from those ideas of like people becoming angels. That's a Gnostic belief. And this idea that, well, you know, earth is a trap and it's terrible and it's awful and it's always evil. And the body is always forever evil. And we just have to be pure spirit beings who do nothing. That's all Gnostic. And it's just become part of church dogma for, and I don't even know it's church dogma as much as it is like Hollywood gives us hmm. this idea and we just believe it. Yeah. So yeah, really? I don't know. I find that when revelation speaks about the perfect city and, and the things that are happening, like that sounds way more interesting. Like there's still a point to life. Than, like you said, sitting around playing harps and being like, I'm doing this for eternity. Like this seems really boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's going to be stuff going on. Right. Yeah. Uh, then the angel showed me the, so this is, oh wait, do you want to read the last chapter? 
Oh, did you do? Oh, yes, you did. Okay. Yeah, I can read the last chapter. All right. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. And on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month. So this is like going back to the beginning of Revelation and and basically saying, look what we had up in heaven. It's all been brought down. Right. Because it's describing it exactly the same. It's like they merged, right? Also, I just want to read this uh, from Reno Rob over here says, remember, first century John is trying to describe what he's seeing in a 22nd or 23rd century society. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. So, yeah, I think this is also my take on Ezekiel when he's talking about these beings in the sky that I'm like, you know, wheels and chariots and things like that. I'm like, well, I don't think it's literal chariots. It's just like, how do you describe it to Right. Like, how are you taking this thing that's beyond you? I think it's interesting, too, that it's just one city. Like, you've got a whole earth, but one city. And what does that even mean? What does that mean? Is it like Coruscant? Since we just did an episode about Char Char Banks. Right. Coruscant, by the way, if people don't know, is a planet that is all one city. All one city. But but this isn't. It has measurements and things. I know. Yeah, it has specific measurements. And and the everything is in the everything that is in the Bible is in the Bible for a reason. Nothing's <coughs> in there by mistake or just to mm-hmm. bore you. So, and, and this is the second time that the city has been measured because in Ezekiel yes. it was measured. So, why is it so important to God that we know the measurement of the city? Why is it so important that we know the exact measurement of the city that He's going to bring down? I don't know. Not even until the very very end. Mm-hmm. I like my croissants with butter. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, the tree of life. This tree of life that's been just waiting around this entire time. <laughs> yeah. Let's eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead. And then it's like, <laughs> all right. Now, after all of that mess that you put us through, let's actually eat from the, the one tree you're supposed to. <laughs> Yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the tree. Also, the- sorry, Mohap says another important point that I was going to say a second ago. Eden wasn't all of the earth either, so it makes sense. That, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything cursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp, or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. I think it's this part about the leaves are for the healing of nations. It implies that there's still a need for healing at this point, or like we've all been through all of this stuff and everything is perfect, but you still might need a little something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he said to me, I, I like this too, because I feel like again, that idea that we would be, completely stripped of our humanity always felt like a violation to me. Yeah. That is not in the Bible. It's not this idea. Like you'll be so perfect. You'll never, you won't have thoughts, feelings, desires. Yeah. Uh, You'll just be literally like, to me, that sounded like hell. Yeah. And I, I'm sure to a lot of people, the very watered down version of heaven that we get from the movies mm-hmm. and from books and from like, I mean, it comes from church too, but I feel like it's a, it's coming out of a place of fear of like 
I, I really, I don't even know how to describe. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Where it's like, yeah, you will be inert. Yeah. And, and nothing. And every part of you will be stripped away. And that always felt wrong to me. You're and just going to look at God forever. <laughs> yeah. Like That's all you're going to want, which maybe, but it just, it just seemed wrong and it doesn't seem to be what the Bible is talking about. So continue. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take me at least 6,000 years to rewatch all of history, like just to binge that whole TV show and like understand it right. from the beginning. So, I mean, that's my plan for the first. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> probably a terrible plan. Everyone's going to be out exploring. I'm like, just, I just want to watch gonna the reruns. Netflix rocks. and chill. <laughs> <laughs> But um, instead, she'll still be watching The Office. It's like, I'll get to the rest. It's like, how many times have you watched The Office, Abby? At least, at least 12,000. But like, have an office. Can you imagine having an office be so good? Anyway. anyway. Who's Dwight in this? I don't know. Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> um, sorry, Gabriel. I didn't mean it. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Okay. So I think we're back to like John's time. He said to me, these words, everything you've just heard is trustworthy. On, and which, true. which verse you want? To, I want to make sure I'm six. Six. Okay. Okay. Six. Right here. Yeah. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I want to come back to that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets. And with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life that they may enter the city by the gates outside of the dogs and sorcerers and the sexual Im sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood like right outside the city. That's what I was wondering too. Huh? I Jesus have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come and let the one who is thirsty, come let the one who desires the water. Oh, I'm sorry. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. 
Amen. This has been a journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has been good. Okay, so questions. Question number one, and behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Of this book, <clears throat> what does it mean? What does it mean to keep this book? Because like you think of keeping the commandments, like, oh, I'm not going to break the commandments. Mm-hmm. But how do you keep a prophecy like this? What's that verse again? I want to see if there's maybe another seven. translation. 22-7? Yep, 22-7. I'm coming, blessed Freda's are those. Gonna, gonna have a Netflix and chill with me. She's going to bring snacks. I like it. Bring all the good <laughs> snacks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if it just is a... To me, it's an echo of 1-3. Um, let me go back and find that for you guys. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Actually, it's easier if I just pull it up here than on the screen because that's a lot of scrolling. Uh, Revelation 1, 3 says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. So to me, it seems like an echo, a continuation of how it's how the book started. It's bookended, like many things in the Bible are. Um, blessed are those who read this aloud. Blessed are those who keep this. Blessed who, who I don't know, I guess to me, it's like, there was a lot of debate in the early church whether this should be added to the Bible even. Hmm. So I don't know if it's talking about that or just like, again, keep this in your heart, keep this in your mind, hmm. read Maybe it, it's a pass really, it on. Really strict warning to anybody, any good hearted person who might have thought this is too weird to be right like when they were trying to figure out what was supposed to be in the bible maybe it was just supposed to be like a really clear nope this is in it better not get it wrong yeah don't don't take this out don't add to it don't take away Hmm. and again that's what i'm trying not to do and i see it a lot there's you know nine thousand different ways to interpret revelation and my big problem with a lot of the, the the popular ones are yeah, this makes sense if I ignore X, Y, and Z. And I'm trying my best not right. to do that because I feel like if I find something that makes Revelation make sense, but it, ha- it necessarily has to exclude parts of it, it's wrong. It's and wrong. I think that's the warning yeah. here as well. Don't take okay. away because maybe, you, maybe you'll come up with an interpretation that, that fits your worldview. But if it mm-hmm. works by depriving the book of its substance, you're doing it wrong. Right. And maybe in the same way that you can't have you can't have a uh, interpretation where you would have to add so much. Yeah. Where like there's so much. That, <clears throat> which that, which I don't think adding is. <clears throat> by the way, I don't think by adding it's talking about hey let's cross reference it with Ezekiel right. and Matthew twenty four right. and Daniel. I don't think that's adding, but like like adding is adding, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Adding is adding. Wise words of wisdom. Wise words of wisdom, yeah. The more you know, Mike's super short show. Yeah, you guys, the reason you're able to get such incredible commentary is we both asked for wisdom when we were younger. <laughs> That's how you get great stuff like adding is adding, and the bulls of judgment are the bulls of wrath. <laughs> <laughs> pick it up, oh. pick up our pick up our uh, album with the great hits like adding is adding. <laughs> the bulls of wrath are the bulls of wrath. <laughs> Low payment of nine ninety nine. Uh, 
the other thing that's just repeated so many times, so many times in this. Frida, last- if you make a motivational post for adding is adding. I will love you yes, forever. Please. That's amazing. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Um, so many times in this last chapter and then also in the first chapter, it says, this is this is coming soon. It's happening <clears throat> soon. Soon, mm-hmm. soon, soon. Like, what is that? In our minds, that doesn't work. Soon is not the word you would use for something that happened in. I think that's why amillennialism and things like that exist and the idea that it was all about Nero exist because yeah. our idea of soon and this is like like uh, Jess and Elise like to say to me, it's God being kind of cheeky where it's like, remember that part? Ooh, guys, yeah. guys, guys, soon. <laughs> remember that part? Remember that part in the Bible? <laughs> where I said like a day on earth is like a thousand years in heaven. <laughs> you guys like that's how I read it is like my soon and your soon are not the same. Pray for I patience. The, I dare you. you know? <laughs> the only thing that gives me pause about that is just how many times it's repeated soon, 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 <clears throat> soon, soon. Like it's, it feels like more than a joke to say right. it like that. And like, what is that? It has to mean something and we can't just take it out. Right. I think right. that's the thing. That's the thing that we struggle with this far out in years from this part is like, okay, when's it gonna happen? I don't know. I don't have an answer. But it also does remind me of the brides with the lamps of oil. Yeah. Which I think we're going to do next stream because we want to do, that's Matthew 24, which Mm. there's a whole like revelation style sequence. And then there's a bunch of parables about what the kingdom of God is the kingdom is like, yeah. Um, that includes the parable of the, of the virgins and, and the oil. So I think that's the next thing. And then Daniel. Yeah, I think so. And I'm wondering, we've gone back and forth. I think about doing just the prophecy parts of Daniel or all of Daniel for context. It might be worthwhile to do all of it for context, but we can talk about it. I'm I'm leaning towards that because I feel like even outside of the end times prophecy stuff, there's a lot in Daniel that is not just related to the work we do, which, which is beneficial to us, but I think that it's just beneficial as a book and yeah, in it's in its context. So imagine reading a whole book of the Bible and like wanting in context, in context and wanting to understand it. So Um, But after that, I think probably Ezekiel, right? I want to cover the whole book of Ezekiel. I really do. There's so much there. There's so much there. There's the whole UFO thing that I want to get into. Uh, Yeah. I've been reading Isaiah and that has so much in it too. Yeah. I think that there's so much that this is, this is my final thoughts for the stream. Um, it seems like after Jesus, we stopped trying to figure out what the prophecies were about. There were prophecies that hadn't been fulfilled that weren't about the end times that were just like medium, medium time prophecies about like, and some of them have been fulfilled in the last hundred years. Exactly. And are we paying attention? No. Why aren't we paying attention? And again, that goes to back to in, in my mind, at least like the not taking away thing is like how much prophecies in the Bible. It says soon. I think it's, I think I, I'm at least at this point in my life interpreting that as 
our soon and God's soon is not the same thing, but <clears throat> it, it seems undeniable. That there's prophecy in the Bible that has been happening now and happening within the last hundred years that it, it maybe it's uncomfortable for people because we have this very dead view of the Bible yeah. text. Yeah. Like this all happened in the past. And then there's that one thing's going to happen at the end, but everything in between is this dead period. Nothing happens. Nothing was prophesied right. about it. Um, and I just, I don't think that's true. I don't think that God was joking when he said you will go forth and do greater things. Um, there's really that attitude of I, like, yeah, sorry. Go ahead and say this. And then I'm going to grab a book and read a, okay. a, a of passage from it. Okay. There's there's a, a parable where the the master has left the vineyard to a bunch of tenants and mm-hmm. they're like, he's not coming back. We're gonna just do whatever we want. And I think that that's what the church has become is 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 all my life it's been this way of like, oh, we don't have to pay attention to the signs and the prophecies. We don't have to we don't have to do anything in particular or live as if our master even exists. Like this is basically, this is basically just our vineyard and we can just right. do whatever we want with it. Yeah. Um, go ahead and talk. I'm going to, I'm going to grab something. One second. Ah, filibuster. <laughs> filibuster. Okay. So Freda, what snacks are you making for me again? I've, I've heard croissants with, Chicken and cheddar, chicken and cheddar croissants with Netflix and chill. I think I think I just want to start at the very beginning, or like as far before the beginning as is available to me. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat all of that. Oh, good! I'm so glad this exists. <laughs> okay. PJ to pull that up or maybe I can hang on, hang on. Hang you know on. what? It might be another book. Well, let me go grab it. I'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got, I got this. I got this. Let's see. What am I? No, that's not what I want. Aha. Aha. Hang on. I'm almost there, you guys. Yes. Yes. Freda made this amazing thing. Adding is adding. PJ Williams, 2023. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this up for when PJ gets back. What do you guys think? What do you think? I don't even know what what PJ is going to go get, but I love reading Revelation because, because of that blessing at the beginning, and it really does feel like such a blessing to read it out loud and to... I love it. Hi. I love it. Sorry. I'm trying to find a very particular part, and I think it was something that I had just opened up to, and I was hoping that I'd bookmarked it. Um, But I'll try to do my terrible interpretation of a wonderfully written work from a friend. (laughs) But uh, gosh, I wish I could find this. It's at the end of a chapter of one of these books. Um, the sunset is perfect, Freda. Thank you. $20 Rumble rant from E. It's in Vivek. I don't know how to pronounce that. E- I'm sorry. ETN. I'm just going to call you 
Look what happened to the Israelites every time they turn their back on God's teachings. This generation has turned its back on God. Therefore, we have a hard time when it gets bad enough. They will. They will turn. Turn. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And well said. Well said. There's going to be. I would like to go through some of this book maybe um, yeah. on our streams. Hold on, okay. let me let me pull this out. So this is called Exodus to Ingathering, a field manual. And this comes from a friend of mine, Alan Aguirre, who's going to be on our show next week. Yes. And there's so much good stuff in here. I was just skimming through, and there's stuff about the Nephilim in here. <laughs> and it's so like this whole chapter is as in the days of Noah. Uh, remember the Nephilim, the, the demonic strain of humanity in the land of Canaan that weren't entirely human? The days of Noah were transgression of the watchers. And he goes into this whole thing here, talks about uh, Matthew 24. I mean, there's so much good stuff in here that I think would be very uh, interesting. And we'll talk to Alan about this book and his other ones that he sent me. But there's a part <clears throat> in this, <clears throat> sorry, in this book where he talks about how we as Christians don't take uh, Christ very seriously when he says you will go forth and do greater things uh, than even me. And he, you know, this idea that we've been really dormant <clears throat> thinking that there's no miracles, thinking that we're not supposed to do anything, these signs and wonders and, and healings and casting out of demons and all that stuff. And he's like, if Christ is the ultimate rabbi, the, the, the job of a rabbi is to get his disciples is to train his disciples to be greater than even he was. And so he's not joking when he's like, you're going to do greater signs, greater wonders, greater miracles. And I think that intimidates and scares people instead of empowers us and gives us that uh, instead, instead we're in this like really spiritually dead time because I don't think people take that, that part of the Bible very seriously. And it's unfortunate. I'm wording it awfully. He does a much better job (laughs) than I am. That's why I wanted to find it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Something we said just reminded me of that. And I think it's cause it had to do with Matthew 24 and it's in here somewhere. But anyway, uh, this whole, this whole book's really good. It's about spiritual warfare and it's got all kinds of interesting stuff in it. Anyway, was there anything else we wanted to say? No, just thank you guys for for being here. Um it's it's meant a lot to us. Yeah. It we're going to keep doing Bible streams on Monday nights, but the Revelation stream is done. <laughs> and it'll never come back. And it'll never <laughs> be the same. ETN is just fine by the way. Okay, that's much Perfect. easier. That's much easier to say. <laughs> yeah, you. seriously, thank you guys for being here. This has been enlightening for for me and i think this has been very fun this is one of those times where we got <clears throat> this is the kind of stuff that me and abby talk about and do off stream and we thought because of what it says in, in revelation 1 3 it seemed very important for us to to share this time with you guys and to get your opinions and, and hear what you guys are saying and, and grow um as a community, I think. And that's what we're trying to do. So that's, that's honestly been my favorite part about what we're doing with, with conspiracy pill is there's, we could have a higher production value quality, make things cool and cut out the ums and the (laughs) stupid things that I say and, you know, have this really polished product that makes us look really professional, or we could get in front of you guys live 
and uh, spitball and mess up and include all of the stupid things <laughs> and the, the, the tech issues and all the stuff that happens during a live stream. And I think that that is valuable to us because of you guys, because we get to, ch- we get to chat with you guys because we get to have interaction with you guys. Um, so I'm glad we're doing it that way. I hope, I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Hashtag me too. Hashtag me too. Uh, don't remind me of my uncle. Um, <laughs> That was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. Terrible. <laughs> PJ is canceled. Oh, I thought we were going to get through the whole stream without doing that. I don't think I can make it through a stream without getting canceled. It's kind of my thing. Um, teasing aside, it's beautiful and important and relatable. Thank you, Frida. Appreciate you guys. Um, but yeah, we will be, we'll be back Wednesday. Um, we're going to be talking about MK Naomi. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Um, I don't feel like we've done something recently. That's been kind of digging into CIA files and talking about uh, all the terrible, (laughs) awful things our government is willing to do to us. Um, So change it up a bit this week. Are you even a conspiracy podcast? If you're not talking about MK something, I I feel like you have to have at least one MK related (laughs) thing every couple of weeks because there's so many of them. <laughs> so many of kids. But <clears throat> all right. Does it relate to Project Bluebeam though? <laughs> no, not as far as I know. I don't I don't know if we've said this on stream before, so we'll say it. The only thing that you can get the entirety of on YouTube is our Bible streams. And that's like our biggest fuck you to YouTube, I think, is like the only thing we're going to put entirely on your platform so that people can watch the whole thing on your platform is when we talk about the thing you hate the most. Yeah, I love it. So. All right. Any final words of wisdom? Then we'll take off and be back Wednesday. Adding is adding. Adding is adding. PJ Williams, Michael Scott. (laughs) 2023. 2023. God bless everyone. See you guys Wednesday.